What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Monday Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. If you're not familiar with Monday Rewind, this is where we bring back to life one of our older episodes that we've done over the past three years, one of the interviews uh, that we had uh, from one of our guests. All of our guests bring a, a, tra- a tremendous amount of experience, wisdom, insight, lessons, and value uh, to the show. We condense all of that here uh, for you on Monday Rewind. And today, we have Air Force veteran Tim Klund, uh, who is best known as TK. That's what we call him. And uh, he's a good friend of ours. And although he did not make a career out of military service, uh, he has carried service forward into his life after the military. Uh, TK had a very tumultuous life after he left the military, including a near fatal car accident that basically opened up his eyes to what matters most in life. TK took that life-changing moment and turned his life around. Today, he is the CEO of Verb Systems and works with a national network to build his own dreams while giving back to the military community. In this episode of Monday Rewind, uh, we share a few short snippets from that full interview we did with TK back on episode number 82. TK talks about his time in the military, the moment he thanked the first responders who saved his life, and how to cultivate and leverage positivity. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen, with Tim Klund. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Well, hats off to your dad. And that had to kind of be difficult for him too. You know, like it's hard even no, when your kid doesn't want to do it and you know it's best for them. But he, he knew he's out of here. He's like, this kid's out of here. So I was the oldest of five and yeah. uh, he, was, he was army. My grandfather was army, um, retired army. And, uh, that's probably the reason why I didn't pick army. Cause I was like truck driver, truck driver. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I got a career here. Yeah. And my uncle had was in the air force and he had done real well after the air force. And that's why it was kind of directed towards the air force. And, um, yeah, best salesman I ever met. It was that, it was that armed forces recruiter. In that's the air true. Force. Everybody's selling something. Right. And they sold you good. I hear a lot of stories. Like, about dude, on the way, yeah. Yeah. And then about, yeah. Three months later, when I finally woke up in basic training, going a dirty rascal. <laughs> when I go back home on you. Know, I'm going to freaking get that guy. No, yep. just kidding. But I it's know. all good. Yeah, was, I hear a lot about that fun. too. And, so uh, six and a half years later, yeah. I got out and um, actually got out on early out with honorable uh, during Clinton administration to actually go play back to Southeast Missouri and play college football. My little brother was already playing there, and I thought it'd be fun yeah. for us to kind of play together and walk on and. Um, while I was getting ready for that, uh, another dear friend of mine who's kind of older mentor was like, come on, boy, why are you wasting your time on college? Come work for me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I knew he was doing really well. And what are you doing? I'm selling trailers. I was like, I'll never sell trailers. I'm but you lived in one. I like that when you put it in the book that you're like, dude, I used to live in one. I'm never going to sell that to someone. Perhaps, yeah. And uh, it was like, come on, boy, come by and just take a look and uh, I'll take you to lunch. And, you know, as a poor ex-military guy. Uh, I was like, wow, free lunch. I'm in. So I went there. He showed me the homes at that point. And that was 94, uh, 95 area. So uh, it, I was just blown away at how unbelievably awesome that manufactured homes have come compared to when I was growing up in those trailers. And uh, yeah. and then he was making a, a ton of money. I think he was averaging about $7,500, $8,500 a month at that time. And, you know, coming out of the Air Force at $1,500 a month, thinking I was actually making some real money. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it's like, to me, that was like a million dollar paycheck, like eighty what seventy five hundred dollars a month. What eighty five hundred dollars a month at twenty four, twenty five years old? I was like, man, please get me hired. And then he did. Yeah. And then I went and talked to Coach Mumford and said, hey, Coach Mumford, listen, 
because it came down to literally starting to sell mobile homes or starting two a days for Southeast. And I went yeah. to coach Mumford, like literally about two days before that and said, here's my dilemma. What do you think? And he was like, Colin, listen, if you can get a job like that, I've got my master's and I'm making like $80,000 as a D one coach. Yeah. If you can actually go do that and you know, you don't have to get caught up in, um, you know, financial debt and all that. I mean, that's what people go to college for is to be able to get those type of jobs. Right. So if you can do that, means and uh yeah so he gave me a high five gave me a hug i still talk to coach Mumford to this day you know 25 years later and uh just a great mentor as well and good off to the mobile home as we went it's amazing isn't it it's uh, and i need to hammer this point home because there are times that we're all doing something we're like i'm just gonna give up it's not gonna make a difference but in this instance those people not giving up literally saved your life i went and actually met some of them um Uh, it was amazing. Um, even still kind of lumped up about maybe two weeks after getting out of the hospital, my dad and I, while he was still, cause I couldn't drive, I couldn't literally get around. And, you know, my wife worked at the federal bureau of prisons here in Fort Worth at the time. So, I mean, she had to go to work. So my dad kind of got babysitting duty with me for a while. And, yeah. um, we had went and we had went and saw some of them and, and I mean, it was emotional to be able to walk in and go, man, thank you. Um, I appreciate y'all. And, uh, you know, they got kind of emotional and, um, you know, and on the flip side, it was, you know, they were thanking me for coming in because, uh, just the fact that they kind of yeah. got to say, Hey, all that hard work we put in. Cause you know, the people on the scene don't go in a care fly helicopter. Yeah. The people on the care fly aren't going in ICU. Yep. So everybody kind of has you at a certain point and it's like, okay, we're handing him off to these, this group now, then that group's going, okay, we got him this far. Now we're handing him off, but they never really always get to follow up. Like whatever happened to that guy? Did he make it? Did he not make it? The care fly people, uh, also came into my hospital room probably about a week after and they all came and visited me and that was That's awesome yeah so visited the first responders on the scene my dad and i then um care flight that just i had actually forgotten that care flight guys came in guys and girls came in my room um about about a week after um once i got to icu yeah um it was an emotional time my mom was in there at that time and you know of course she was hugging on him and crying and thanking them and uh and then um during that time too we went we walked down to icu to get out of the room and went thank some of those nurses and for everybody taking care of me. So, yeah, I mean, without them, uh, there is no TK. There's, you know, yeah. not anything going on, what I got going on nowadays. And, you know, that was a, a, a turning point in my life because at that point I was working seven days a week. Um, even though I really love my job, it was still kind of chasing that brass ring. Yep. Um, so even with my wife and children, you know, it was a constant, man, I'm always working. So after the care flight crew came in, it kind of, was this big moment for you and you realize things are going to change now you're working all these days you're not really getting to enjoy it well you know what happened is um you know a couple of things happened number one i kind of started that self-pity party in my hospital room mom and i was talking to her like hey you know what i've worked my rear end off up to this point i was still only 29 at the point it is it was a week before my 30th birthday i was only 20 and i'm going man i have worked seven days a week pretty much for about five years uh, to get to the point that I was getting ready to get to. And, uh, and as I was telling my mom, like, you know, now, uh, you know, the company can't wait for me to heal up. I'm going to be yeah. out of pocket for about 90 days, four months, whatever it was. They're going to have to bring a manager in my position. I'm going to have to either start back at the bottom, you know, relocate to get a, the same spot, which I know my wife's not going to want to do. And I was talking to my mom about it. And this was, excuse me, this was the first time that, um, I really found my worth. My mom, 
of all people, she's one of those people that starts a job at 18. She retires yeah. at 65. Watch. She, same desk, same typewriter, computer, whatever. Um, so it was really surprising when she was the one who was like, you know, I would think they would be more worried about losing you than yeah. you worried about losing them. And she was like, you know, to me, I think you would be successful whatever you did um, because I, I see how much money you're making. So, you know, if you're making that much money, you have to be making them a lot of money. So I would think they'd be more worried about losing you. And then she again, she was like, you know, I would think whatever you did, you would be successful at. And that's really the first time I was like, hey, wait a minute. I am a value. Yeah. You know, uh, I had always coming out of the Air Force because I wasn't college educated. I always felt like, you know, oh, I'm not college educated. I really am not a smart person. Barely got through high school. So that was kind of my mindset. Um, so when my mom said that, it was kind of like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I'd always thought that companies were doing me a job, a favor by giving me a job. Yeah. But the reality is we were doing each other a favor. We spend energy. So much on, time. Yeah. Time and energy on worrying about stuff that is honestly so trivial. Yeah. Um, that it, when you look back and you're like, why was I stressing on that? You right. know, and I have a tendency to, you know, kind of to my wife, like, see, like, how many nights were you like, oh, I'm worried about this in college. I'm worried about this. I'm worried yeah. about this. I'm worried, 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 worried. Aren't you tired of being worried? Yeah. Start being, going the other direction in your life. Because everything always works out no matter what. Yeah. Right? Even if you die, it's still going to work out. You're going to heaven. So yeah. that's worst case scenario. Like, you know, focus on the positive things, not the negative. And I think yeah. as, a, as a culture, as a human race, we have a tendency to get drawn towards the negative things in our life more so than focusing on our blessings and our positivity in our lives. Yeah. And it, that's the other thing that I think derails people because if you start going down that negativity, that's my focus. Guess where you guess where you're heading right down that path. Dude, and that's entirely why we're, that's entirely why we started this whole American snippets because everything out there is just, <laughs> everything out there was just bad, 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 bad. And it was depressing me. I would, I would get up and I, I, I had to sit down and think one day. I'm like, why am I so angry? Why am I so hopeless today? Like nothing terrible has happened to me in the last three hours, but I feel shittier right now than when I went to bed. And I, and I looked, looked at all the tabs I had open on my laptop and on my phone and the people's, and it was just this country's doomed. Everything's terrible. You suck, you suck, and you suck too. And that was exactly it. It was that moment. So I hear you. And I think the country as a whole is following that lead. Right. Instead of oh, well, following the other one. Angry. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, I see a lot of people, especially social media, I think has a big, a big role in that. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of like so many people post so much negative stuff out there all the time. And like to what end? Yeah. You can really get caught up in all that. I just kind of flip through. I like to focus on positive stuff, yep. but, you know. All my social media posts, um, and when I speak to people, and especially young kids, it's like, listen, man, if, if you're going to be on social media, it should be all positive. Yeah. Like, we have enough negative in this world. Like, don't add to it. Like, you there's know, a difference be, between keeping it real, you know, pretending that everything is wonderful. You can, like, share your struggles, but not in a life sucks kind of way, right? Like, share your stuff. This was happening to me today, but this happened, and somebody came forward to help me, and this is how, you know, like, you got to find the balance. Yes, you got to... You know, yeah. everybody should look to be an inspiration or, yeah. or, or motivation um, in everything they do. And, and the reality is, yeah, that's why I tell people all the time. It's like, man, you, 
are not even close to what your value is. Yeah. Like you haven't even checked your own value yet because everybody gets caught. And this is the best it's going to get for me in this life. And they dwell on that. They sit right there. It's kind of like the airplane waiting for it to land. You're just in a holding pattern in your life. Yeah. And that's kind of a sucky way to live your life. It's just constantly circling the yeah. runway without uh, ever landing yeah. or without you only have one life on this planet. And, you know, don't wait till you're, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old to go. Wow. Unless you're TK really, and then you got two. Listen, it's hard being TK's wife because, know. you know, I have the nickname Riverboat Gambler for, you know, for a reason. Like I'm, I'm all in all the time. Yeah. If, there's a, if there's an opportunity to to grow and have some fun, like why not? And yeah. now that I've kind of been through the worst of the worst of the worst, honestly, for me, life is really easy. It really is easy yeah. um, and, and fun. And it's inspiring to me. Life is, yeah. you know, I see life in a whole different um, light now that is to me, like I get up every day excited about life um, because I'm controlling it. Yes. Right. Win or lose. If I yeah. do great, it's TK. If I do bad, it's TK. Yeah. So the great thing for me is like, regardless, every single day is exciting to me because it's a brand new, fresh day. What kind of what kind of greatness can happen today is kind of my mindset when I wake up is like, man, I'm looking for I'm yeah. looking for some great things to happen today uh, because I'm spoiled because it usually yeah. does. And uh, a lot of that. Almost all of it is because of relationships that I have. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's kind of funny. A friend of mine who's, I don't know how much he's worth. I know he's probably over $500 million. We were joking with each other. And I said, who's really the most valuable one? The guy that everybody wants to be his friend because he has all the money? Yep. Or the guy that don't have the money and has even more friends, even a, a, a bigger Rolodex than you? So which one is more valuable? Yeah. So, again, that's why I put relationships as more valuable than um, – than uh, the money. And I always think that's why the, A Wonderful Life is my favorite Christmas movie. I literally watch that show all year round. I really feel like I'm George Bailey. I always tell my wife, like, AKA, TK, AKA George Bailey, because, you know, George is always wanting to get here, but he's yeah. not really paying attention to how great his life already is sometimes. And I think all of us kind of get in that position where we're, we're always focused on this, on, you know, yeah. I want this, but, and we miss all the blessings we're getting on a daily basis. Love it. With how great our life is right. Love it. All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of Monday Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 82. Uh, that's our full interview with TK Tim Clun. Check that out. If you got any value out of today's episode, please leave us a five star review on iTunes uh, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, look, one thing that TK does is support our military and veteran community. And he does this annually with the annual softball classic in Dallas, Texas, where leaders in the veteran community and athletic world, along with some celebrities actually come together to play ball and raise funds. You can find out about this year's game by going to celebritysoftballclassic.org. We'll include a link on our page that you can check out at americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. All proceeds from this year's event go to folds of honor and vets for child rescue. Uh, don't forget, we also have our Great American Syndicate, our coalition of patriotic, freedom-loving Americans uh, who are giving back, uh, who are committed to self, family, community, and country. We would love for you to learn more and check it out. Just go to greatamericansyndicate.com. Uh, appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. <laughs>